Welcome to More, the podcast where Debbie will explore real-life applicable ways to get more out of your life. And here's Debbie. Hello, everybody, and welcome to podcast number eight of More. I hope you're all having a great day and a great week. Um, We're out of school now. School's out, and we're into summer So I'm sitting here, it's a Sunday afternoon, and the sun is shining and the birds are chirping, and where I live, we've had a lot of rain, and so it's nice to see the beautiful weather. I'm super excited about today's today's podcast. We're going to talk about scroll number two, and a great friend of mine um, gave me a suggestion about maybe not reading the whole scroll and mobile using my own words to describe it, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. So we're going to jump right into scroll number two, and remember that you can find these scrolls online if you want to read about them. But really, scroll number two is my favorite scroll. And it starts out with, I will greet with this day with love in my heart. Since it's a Sunday, I want to just talk a little bit about um, some scriptures that are found in the Bible, some things that I really um, treasure a lot. One, there's a scripture in Corinthians that Paul, the the great apostle, talks about, and and I think of it a lot. lot. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, and, and Paul talks about, hey, I could speak with the tongue of angels. And and imagine being able to speak like that and having the ability to say things that make everybody feel good and always say the right things and you never say the wrong thing. And he says, if I spoke with the tongue of angels and still didn't have charity, I would be as nothing. And in the scripture, he goes on to say, I could have the gift of prophecy, like I could know anything. I could know what's going to happen tomorrow. I could know what's going to happen today. Later on today, I could know what's going to happen in your life. If I had that gift, and then if I knew all mysteries, I knew everything that anybody ever wanted to know, and I had all knowledge, and I had all faith. If I had all of those things, and I did not have any charity, I am nothing. And he says, even if I had the ability to move mountains, to say to that mountain, mountain, you right there moved over there. Um, And I had no charity. I am nothing, is what Paul says. And it's such a powerful scripture. And he says, charity never faileth. And so that is really what this scroll is about, is loving other people and having charity and kindness towards all. So just from a Bible verse, whether you believe in the Bible or not, um, I truly believe that love is what moves the world. So you cannot accomplish anything great without loving other people. And I truly believe it no matter what situation you're in, no matter what age you are or any circumstance, whatever your religion or your belief or anything that you aspire to, can, nothing can great can be accomplished without loving. I don't know if all of you have read um, To Kill a Mockingbird, 
but it's a famous book and most most people have read it by the time they've graduated from high school and in it Atticus Finch one of the main characters gives his daughter some invaluable advice and he says if you could learn a simple trick he says you'll get along better with all kinds of folks you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view until you climb into his skin and walk around in it and that's really the starting point of compassion and charity and love for others is to understand how another person feels by putting yourself into his or her place. It's the best way to appreciate another's difficulties. And honestly, I feel like some of the challenges that I've had in my life, when we have challenges and we have things that are hard, one of those, one of the greatest things about having challenges is that we learn to understand other people and feel some compassion for what they're going through. And so when we have challenges and things that are difficult, it's look at look at those challenges as a way of appreciating what other people have to go through. Um, if you can get into the habit of asking yourself, how would I feel if I were his, in his shoes? Um, you'll soon find yourself able to share in another person's pain and grief and develop relationships that will be meaningful. Um True compassion is less about emotion than it is about action. So it's not just about feeling for somebody else, but it's about taking action to help that person feel better. When you have compassion, you don't just feel bad that a friend is sad. You don't just you you don't just cry. You do something to help. Compassion is active. You show it not so much through your tears as through your aid. Um, it might be a simple act such as sharing your company um, or just helping to understand people by giving them the time and asking them about themselves. I I went to somebody's house yesterday and they were telling me about a project that they were doing and the person has been, she's been telling me about this project for time and time, multiple times. And, and finally I said, I had time, I said, Tell me about your project. Show it to me. Tell me what you're doing. And it was interesting. She's like, you know, there. she's had a lot of experience with a lot of people. And she said, you're the first person to ask. And, and sometimes that's all it takes. And often in my mind, one of the things that I think is a big deal for me is to pray to know what other people need. I think that's a, an important thing that you can do. And this podcast is so important to me that it's probably going to be a a two or three parter podcast because the concepts in this podcast are just so important. Everybody feels lonely in this life or feels like they don't have what they wished they had or or anything and for or all those things that we wish that we had and we all have moments of ups and downs and everybody has downs and your compassion for others is the, one of the best cures to get through those ups and downs is to find ways to be less self-centered and self-conscious when we begin to think less about ourselves and more about others we begin to do more for others and our own sense of accomplishment and lack of 
grows and we, we become more confident in ourselves and more capable and feel more accomplished. Um, like any virtue, compassion takes practice. We have to get in the habit of standing with others in distress. It's not only the mark of growing up, it's a mark of being a decent human being. And we all want to be decent, good human beings. So we're going to talk about this scroll. I will greet this day with love in my heart. And I've got a lot of stories I'm going to share and a lot of experiences. And I hope you really like it. The scroll first talks about how muscle can split shields and strong men can even destroy lives, right? Um, Our muscles and the strength of our bodies can do a lot. But only, he says, only the unseen power of love of love can open the hearts of men. And I think that's so valuable. And he talks about how he's going to make love his greatest weapon. He says, how will I do this? And it says, henceforth will I look on all things with love and I will be born again. I will love the sun for it warms my bones. Yet I will love the rain for it cleanses my spirit. I will love the light for it shows me the way. Yet I will love darkness, for it shows me the stars. I will welcome happiness, for it enlarges my heart. Yet I will endure sadness, for it opens my soul. I will acknowledge rewards, for they are my due. Yet I will welcome obstacles, for they are my challenge. And so he's talking about loving every single experience, living in the now, looking at everything and appreciating everything for the value that it brings Um, there's a lot to be said for that. And this, I think, really brings in gratitude. And we're going to talk about gratitude on another podcast, but gratitude is a big, um, important thing. And I think when you feel grateful, you learn to love everything. And I think this is so important. I truly believe that when you lose yourself for others, you actually find yourself. It's not until you get outside of yourself that you really do find yourself. And that's such a hard concept to understand. But let me tell you a couple of stories. This story I heard when I was probably 20. And it is one of my favorite stories um, of all time. It's so powerful. There was a severe storm and it was there was a fishing boat that was in distress off the coast of Holland And a rowboat went out to rescue the crew and the waves were huge and enormous and the men were at the oars and they had to use all the strength and energy that they had to reach the stranded sailors. And when the rowboat finally got to the fishing boat, um, they brought all the other, the stranded sailors, you know, the stranded fishermen off and put them onto the rowboat and the, the rescue boat was just too small to carry everyone. So one of the, um, people had to stay behind. And so they, the rescuers went back to the beach and the crew was so exhausted from their fight with the storm winds and the waves and the rains and everything to make the second trip. So the local captain of the Coast Guard asked for volunteers and one of the people who stepped forward without hesitation was a 19-year-old boy named Hans. And when Hans stepped forward, his mother panicked and said, Hans, please, please don't go. Your father died at sea when you were four years old, and your other brother, Pete, has been reported missing at sea for for more than three months now. You're the only son left to me. Please, Hans, don't go. But Hans said, Mom, 
I feel I just have to do it. It's my duty. Hans boarded the rowboat, took the oars, and disappeared into the night. And after more than an hour, the rowboat came back into sight again, and when the rescuers approached the beach, the captain of the Coast Guard called vigorously against the storm. Did you save that last man? And Hans rose from his rowing bench and shouted with all his might, Yes, and tell my mother that it is my brother Pete. That is such a powerful story of giving all you have to somebody else and not knowing what's going to happen. This next story um, takes place back in the 1600s. And I don't know if any of you have seen the art piece called Praying Hands. And it was um, an art drawing of a pair of hands in prayer. And the man that did the art was named Albrecht Durer, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, but um, it was back in the 1600s, and there was a family that lived with 18 children in a tiny village in Nuremberg, and the father, you know, they had 18 children, and the father was struggling to keep food on the table for the whole family, and he was working 18 hours a day to just keep everything going. And in the story, two of the children in the family wanted to be artists. And there were two male children, and they had a dream, and they both wanted to pursue their talent for art, art, but they knew that their dad wouldn't be able to financially send them both to the academy to learn the master of art. So after a long discussion at night in their bed, in their crowded bed, nonetheless, the two boys finally worked out a pact. They would toss a coin and the loser would go to the work, go to work in the nearby mines. And then with his earnings, they would support the other brother while he attended the academy. And then when the, the, the brother that won the toss, um, finished his work in the academy, he would then take his turn and support the other brother in the academy. So they tossed a coin and Albrecht, won the coin toss so he is the one that he's the one that's going to go on and go to school at the academy so years and years go by and Albrecht is working hard in the academy and his brother is working in the dangerous mines and his name was Hal and for four years his brother financed his um, Albrecht's work in the academy and Albrecht became very skilled at art his etchings and his woodcuts and his oils became almost better than some of his, his professors. And by the time he graduated, he was beginning to earn considerable amount of money for his art pieces. And so he returned home to the village and the family held a festival for him and it was exciting and there was laughter. And Albrecht stood at a big meal that they had and he rose from his honored position at the head of the table And he toasted his beloved brother for the years of sacrifice that enabled Albrecht to fulfill his dream. And in his toast, he said, And now, my brother Hal, it is your turn to go on to Nuremberg and to pursue your dream, and I will pursue your dream, and I will take care of you. And everybody turned to look at his brother Hal, and 
tears were streaming down his face, and he said, No, I can't. And his brother Albrecht wiped the tears from his face, and he looked at at him, and his brother said, I can't. I can't go to Nuremberg. It's too late for me. Look what four years in the mines have done for me. Um, The bones in his fingers had been smashed from all the work in the mines, and he was starting to suffer arthritis in his hands because of all the hard work. He couldn't even hold the glass for the toast, and he said, it's too late for me. And so his brother Albrecht, the legend says, and nobody really knows if this story is true, but he drew praying hands in memory of his brother who sacrificed all that he wanted for his other brother to get what he wanted, the dream of becoming an artist, and he sacrificed his own dreams for his brother. And so the 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 praying hands are the, supposedly the hands of the the brother who was not able to pursue his dream. That is such an amazing story, and um, it's just so powerful to think on these types of things that we can do for other people. Yet what's so interesting is that we don't have to give all that we have. It doesn't have to be giving our lives or giving or risking our lives. We can do the day in and the day out small things to serve other people and to help other people. Sometimes it's just the little things that make a big, big difference. I tell my kids in my class, little by little, a little becomes a lot. And it's just the little, little things of saying hi to someone, asking someone to sit by you at lunch, including someone in your friendship circle, calling a friend to come and do something with you. And sometimes it's the things that we don't do, the calls that we don't make the notes that we don't write to people. Um, Something that I've been trying to do lately is anytime something comes to my mind, a thought comes to my mind, that I want to act on that thought. And so I've been trying to do that and because I feel like sometimes those thoughts come from God and he's telling us, or our inner self, if we don't believe in God, is just telling us things that we can do for other people. And those inspirations Come And sometimes when we act on those, we might feel stupid and may feel like, you know, maybe that was silly. But you know what? Almost always those small things that we do are received with happiness and gladness. And so look around and see what small things that you can do for others. Look at people. Look at when you're at school in the lunchroom. Look around and who's sitting by themselves. Who can you sit by? Who can you include in your friend group? I had a student the other day that touched me so much. It was so powerful. Um, we were playing a game in the class, and the kids were on a team. And the one boy, who's a little more vocal than most kids and very smart and very confident, was talking, and the question came up, and they had to decide on an action to take as a team. And that boy turned to one of the quieter girls in the group and said, What do you want to do? That touched me so much because it's these small little things that we do that make a difference in other people's lives. And so look for those things. Look for ways that you can do those things. Be the kind of person that lifts other people. I do something called the hot seat in my class. And um, 
we're always looking for things that we can say and do for other people. And look for those things. Be looking for what do you find that's good in other people. And tell them about it. And help them feel appreciated and loved. I have in my collection of books, a book that I've had for 15 to 20 years. And it's written by a a man named Hal Urban. And he says one of the, the best of all skills you can have is the ability to affirm others. And he says affirm is the most powerful word in our language. And it means looking for and finding good in people. It means building others up and encouraging them. It means finding reasons for praise and applause. It means nurturing and being supportive. And he talks about two of his greatest heroes, Abraham Lincoln and Benjamin Franklin. And I think so often we look to sports heroes, which I'm an avid, I've been an avid athlete all my life and I love sports. But these two men did um, a lot for the world In Hal Urban's book, Hal talks about a man who who really, Abraham Lincoln was his hero. And the man's name was Dr. Ashbrook Lincoln. And he signed his name A. Lincoln all the time. And this man who studied Lincoln's life said that Lincoln's greatness was in his ability to to deal successfully with others. He said he was fascinated by the descriptions of the diverse people who surrounded him in the White House, all kinds of different people. And they all had two things in common, he said, enormous talent and egos to match. And many of these people who worked in the White House thought they were actually better than the president. And instead of Lincoln firing them or getting rid of them, he honored them. He praised their abilities, he sought their advice, and he he encouraged them to devote their talents and energy to serving the country. And what a what a noble thing for the President of the United States to do that to people who actually thought they were better than him. This These kind of people are the people that we should honor. Um, he also talks about um, Benjamin Franklin and how Benjamin Franklin felt it was so difficult to overcome his natural inclination to judge and criticize others. And Benjamin Franklin has written an autobiography, which I've read, and in it he talks about how he trained himself to look for the positive characteristics of others and then resolved to speak all the good I know of everybody. So these are really good traits to develop in in ourselves. So I'm going to end today with these things, and I hope that you'll think about these stories and what it means to love others and put yourself in others' shoes. And then we're going to talk about more about this in the next podcast. And I've got quite a few more stories to tell you about ways to help and serve others. So I hope that this week is one that you get outside of yourself. You think every day about this podcast and what you can do for someone else. Reach beyond your normal habit, your normal ways of doing things. Try to think of something different that you can do for somebody else, especially in your family, with anybody that you're around, not just your best friend and the person that you love. Try to love the sun. 
Try to love the rain. Try to love the moon, the stars, the challenges, the difficulties. Go out there and make today count. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and I hope you'll share the podcast, and I hope you'll email me at howtobemore333 at gmail.com and go out and make this week a great one. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.